All right, so we are back at it again. Here to give you that good current events. So let's get into it. All right, Raw Talk Radio, live in 4K. Here we're going to be talking about a Finland prime minister who's being asked to step down. What could be the reason? Let's get into it. Call Talk Radio, live in 4K. This is the Prime Minister right here. So that's basically what she's doing. All right. That is basically what she's doing. She's a prime minister now. All right. That was that this is what she's trying to do. All right. Finnish Prime Minister Sanek Marin apologized for leaked photo of topless influencers. Now you gotta understand also that she's very liberal, okay? She's one of those that are with the alphabet community. Finnish Prime Minister Sanna Marin apologized Tuesday for photos showing a pair of topless influencers locking lips during a private party at her official residence. In my opinion, the picture is not appropriate. Finland leader told reporters on Tuesday, I apologize for it. That kind of picture should not have been put taken, but otherwise nothing extraordinary happened at the get-together. Marin's public makeupa over the X-rated display comes just days after leaked photo videos of her own wild dancing and partying at a separate event caused a backlash and prompted the prime minister to voluntarily undergo drug testing in a bid to clear her name. Marion, who is at age 36, she's not a young, she's not a spring chicken anymore, 36 years old, close to 40, is one of the world's youngest leaders, said the latest controversial photo was taken during a private party with her friends at a residence in Helsinki after a music festival in July. We had sauna swam and spent time together, she said, describing the party at her seaside residence. The photos show the two well-known influences kissing each other while covering their bare breasts with a sign that reads Finland. Finns have been divided over Marin's behavior, with some voicing support for the young leader for combining a private life with a high-profile career, while others have raised questions about whether her judgment would be impaired by her leisure activities. Social Democrat, this is what I'm saying, leader Marin agreed on Friday to be subjected to drug testing, saying that she had never taken drugs and that she had not seen anyone doing so at the party she attended where she was recorded dancing and singing with abandon alongside a court of Finnish Finnish that's what they say for Finland 
Uh, if you're born in Finland, a resident of Finland, they say Finnish. Finnish tabloid Siska posted another video purportedly taken later that same night at a Helsinki nightclub, which appears to show the Prime Minister, a married mom of one, dancing intimately with a mystery man to the Black Eyed Peas, I Got a Feeling. Okay, so she's married now and she's doing this. The publication cited a witness accounting saying that Marin, who has a four-year-old child with her husband of two years, Marcus Reikion, was spotted dancing closely with at least three different men and sitting on the laps of two of them. On Monday, Marin's drug test came back negative. Marin told Reuters in January that she and her fellow young, male minister, young female ministers had been targeted with extensive hate speech for their gender and appearance while in office. Back in December of 2021, she was forced to apologize for spending a night at a nightclub after coming into close contact with someone who had tested positive for the, you know, C-19. Marin said she missed a text message instructing her to self-isolate because she had left her work phone at home. Although, as Prime Minister, she was supposed to have the device on her at all times. She did not accidentally leave it at home. She did that on purpose. And the fact that, you know, she's the leader in the home. She's the Prime Minister. The husband is not. <clears throat> He's in a beta male position, so this is why she's getting away with all the stuff, dancing with a bunch of strange, bunch of uh, strangers, men, and sitting on their lap, and the husband just got to sit there and take it, like a beta male. Okay, this is what goes on in Finland. Okay, and she's ex extreme, extremely liberal. All right. Unfortunately, this is what that husband has to deal with, and when I hear that she's you know, this young to be a prime minister, um, what comes to mind is uh, Shabri Rawls, who is a psychiatrist with a powerful position, and she is making immature statements, doing immature things online on TikTok, and then wonders why she gets reprimanded and kicked out of her job because she doesn't understand that. You represent your practice. You you don't. It's not your own practice. You represent your your employer's bottom line, which is black men, and that is why she got kicked out. And unfortunately, in our gynocentric society, women don't understand that because they think they're in power. Okay, when actually they're not, and they're destroying everything. In, in his path, even their own future. You go online, you see a bunch of women on TikTok, black women on TikTok, and some simp men agreeing with Shabri Wall's actions. Sad to say, they agree. They don't understand that. See, ask them this question, right? Would you want this person working in your practice? Would you want this person talking to your clients that way? Or the fact that they're on a, a social on their social media account and talking to your bottom line that way. No, you wouldn't. And you would have her fired before you get lawsuits coming your way. It's the same thing with people who want to think that Sarah, um, this woman Sarah, this fin Finland prime minister. Oh, I think it's great that you are taking your private life and mixing it with your personal life. All right. And mixing it with... Uh, 
being a leader of this of my country. When they don't think that, you know, you have to be taken seriously as a leader of a nation. It's not a joke. That's why it's mostly these positions are given to men, leadership positions like this. It's very rare that a woman is in positions of power like this because it takes a certain type of woman to be in a leadership position. She understands that. She understands it's not about being popular. It's not about having fun. It's about duty. It's about making those hard choices and not giving a damn what people think because it hurts their feelings. It's about what works. It's about conservatism. It's about providing for your people. All right. Well, let's move on to the next story. So at this UC college, you have a lot of, they want to do this. Let's check what they're trying to do. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. Here we are. Fair use, fair use. Political division at American University is reaching a fever pitch. A new poll shows nearly half of college students wouldn't share a dorm with someone who supported the opposite presidential candidate in 2020. Meanwhile, UC Berkeley, an off-campus housing co-op, students is barring white people from common areas here to react university of alabama student and president of the free thinker project cj pearson cj great to see you this morning um let's start with the first who won't room with someone of the opposite political belief oh it, it's obviously democrats thank you so much for having me well it, it's one of those things where it's they love to talk about diversity equity and inclusion until it comes to them actually having to be diverse, equitable, and inclusive to people who don't think like them. And this is just another textbook example of the such. Yeah, so it, it, well, we saw it, 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 so many Democrats don't want to room with someone who, who, who supported Trump. Have you seen that thing, that type of um, mentality a lot? You, you go to the University of Alabama, CJ. I mean, I'm curious. Uh, what is it like on that campus? You know, thankfully here in God's country, the University of Alabama, we don't have that problem. I think that uh, you know, one thing about me is that I, I very much am, am, am vocal about my support of the president, have been, and will continue to be. And, and, and should it be something that people actually should have to hide? God's country? Are you serious? God's country? Hmm. The amount of nonsense going on down in the South? Racism? Hmm. God's country. I mean, this country, period. You know, it's really run by Freemasons, and you call it God's country. <sighs> right-wing puppets. More, I don't know who's more cringier, the right-wing puppets or the left-wing puppets. I just, I don't know, the level of cringe, man, the level of cringe. You know, we live in America, which is supposed to be the greatest and freest country in the world. And if you have an issue with talking to someone because their political beliefs differ because of you, the problem isn't them, it's likely with you. 
well, let's just go ahead and take what started small and blow it up even bigger. Because here we go now to UC Berkeley of people who not only don't want to room with someone of a different political belief, but someone of a different race. Sounds like a story from the 19, I don't know, 40s, but now it's in reverse. Here is a, a off-campus housing project, UC Berkeley, where it's for people of color, and they are warned the following. Here are the house rules. Guests are allowed in common spaces, but please be mindful, if there are house members in the room beforehand, white guests are not allowed in common spaces. No white guests, CJ. You know, that's exact racism. You know, it's exactly the type of stuff that... Martin Luther King Jr. worked against when he said that we should judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. If you replace that word, the word white, in that sentence that you just read with black, you would have protests, you would have condemnations, you would probably have Joe Biden himself rushing to UC Berkeley to condemn this for what it is, blatant and flagrant racism. Racism isn't just racism because it's targeting people of color, it's racism when it's targeting anyone. And, and, and I don't know when it became trendy to hate white people because of the color of their skin, but it doesn't make it any less wrong, any any less unjust, and any less actually racist. And so the fact of the matter is that the fact that UC Berkeley is doing this and, and the state of California doesn't surprise me. Uh, it's, it's pretty much, I guess, part of the course for a state like California. Uh, thankfully, though, I go to the University of Alabama where something like that would happen. Second game of the season, CJ. I'm just going to pour it out. Second game of the season, Alabama versus Texas. Now, listen, I'm very well aware you're going to roll tide all over us in Austin, but uh, I guess we get a shot at you. Two years in a row. You, I'm banking on next shot. year. I, I need one more year of development, and then it's horns over roll tide. Okay? Deal. Hmm. <sighs> all right. Get into this more. An off-campus housing co-op for University of California Berkeley students ban white people from entering common spaces to avoid white violence, sparking criticism that the policy inflames racial tensions. The five-story, dirty-room, person-of-color theme house near the school requires students to declare their race when signing in and to announce that they, when they're bringing white guests into the building, according to the house rules leaked on Reddit.com. Many people of color moved here to be, avail to be able to avoid white violence in presence. So respect their decision of avoidance if you bring white guests. The rules declare white guests are not allowed in common spaces. The building, which houses up to 56 students a few blocks from the university, also urges students to avoid bringing family members that express bigotry, according to College Fix. Queer, black, and indigenous members should not have to avoid common spaces because of homophobic or racist parents, family members, the rural state. Hmm. The building was set up by the Berkeley Student Cooperative to bring affordable housing to low-income, first-generation immigrant and marginalized students of color in the Bay Area. But some of the rules sparked outrage with students saying they're too aggressive and defy the spirit of inclusion. One mixed-race student who claimed to have lived at the house said their presence as a light-skinned person was not well-received and they were called slurs. Hmm. I was not allowed to let my dad enter the house because he's white, the student wrote on Reddit. Another former member wrote a me on a Medium article saying the house had earned a reputation for its aggressive call-out culture and lack of intersectionality. 
Adam Ratcliffe, assistant director of the media relations and critical communications, told the Post, the co-op housing is not run by university and that it's not the school's role to comment. To be clear, it's not campus operated. This property is operated by a private landlord and it is not the role of the campus to comment on what private landlords are allowed to do, he said. He said the university's housing program has no such policies like the one alleged in the Reddit image and does not discriminate on the basis of race, consistent with UC and campus policy. All right. My thing is this. You have colleges, you do have some of them, that are racist against minorities. All right? You have... I mean, do I like the fact that there are, you know, white uh, white students are kicked out of these black universities? No, I don't like it. Racism is racism, however you slice it, okay? My issue is the fact that when it's done by the right, all of a sudden, you know, it's, there's a blind eye turned to it. I have a problem with that. I really do. All right? In a place like California, okay, most of the crimes are committed by minorities, okay? When you're saying, like, to avoid white violence, hate to say it, but in California, most of the crimes, I'll say it again, are committed by minorities. So what exactly are you talking about? Okay. It's just, you know, it's just bad Either way you, you spin it, okay This is just a way to drive racism To make a more of a division between the ethnic groups I believe there's only one race And that's the human race That's how I feel about it And I just, oh, I just cringe When you have these two When you have these two plantations Republican and Democrat Just dividing the nation I'm just attacking the problem of racism And like listen We all came here for one goal And that's to get a college degree And to better our lives That's it Screw this racism crap Put our differences aside Let's get our education And let's have a meeting of the minds Forget being You know Cause they really treat Republican and Democrat Like sports teams Instead of holding these political parties accountable to serve the people of the United States of America. Unfortunately, due to, due to years of brainwashing, that will never be, you know, the backbone of American people to call out this nonsense, this divisive nonsense, and to make both parties and both uh, mainstream media plantations, left and right, to actually do their job and to serve the people. That's how I see it. Okay. What's up next? R. Kelly. Let's go into that.
key witness took the stand today in day seven of the R. Kelly federal trial here in Chicago. We heard from the man who says he paid, was paid by Kelly and his team to recover sex tapes featuring Kelly and an underage girl. CBS 2's Tara Molina is joining us with those details. And Tara, some disturbing information in court today. Jim and Erica, disturbing, and we want to warn all of you about that. The entire testimony today revolving around child pornography tapes and payoffs. The man testifying, Charles Freeman, was granted an immunity deal by the government to go on the record. He not only knew about the nature of the tapes he was paid to retrieve and recover, but made copies of them himself to be sure he'd be paid. And he kept those copies for years. Let's go over that again says he paid was paid by Kelly and his team to recover sex tapes featuring Kelly and an underage girl. CBS 2's Tara Molina is joining us with those details. And Tara, some disturbing information in court today. Jim and Erica, disturbing, and we want to warn all of you about that. The entire testimony today revolving around child pornography tapes and payoffs. The man testifying, Charles Freeman, was granted an immunity deal by the government to go on the record. He not only knew about the nature of the tapes he was paid to retrieve and recover, but made copies of them himself to be sure he'd be paid. And he kept those copies for years. Charles Freeman testified he started working with R. Kelly in... That's disgusting. ...in the 90s doing merchandising for Kelly's concert tours. He said the two became friends. A relationship that changed when he says Kelly called him in 2001 telling him he wanted him to recover some tapes. Ultimately, Freeman said he verbally negotiated a million-dollar payout in exchange for the original tape, but only $140,000 in a written contract. Freeman says within days, he traveled to Atlanta to an address provided by Kelly's team with two men. Testifying a young lady came to the door. He told her he was there to recover the expletive tapes you stole from Robert Kelly. She put her hands up and pointed him in the right direction. He left with three tapes. Only one was a tape involving Kelly. He then went to a Walmart and purchased a VCR recorder and blank tapes, making copies because he didn't trust Kelly's team to pay him. Freeman testified observing in the tape he recovered and copied, Kelly having sex with a young girl, urinating on her and putting lotion on her face. He said you can hear both Kelly and the girl refer to her body parts as 14 years old. He never called the police. Prosecutors asked why. At one point, he said, quote, because the police wasn't going to pay me $1 million. In 2019, Freeman turned the copies over to his... Wow. <sighs> and a lot of... You have some black people... Some people, period, still defending R. Kelly. That's disgusting. Attorney, after an attorney reached him about holding child porn for Robert Kelly. And that's what led to his involvement in this trial. Now, Freeman's demands for all of the money owed continued for years. He was paid in installments all the way up to and after the 2008 trial where Kelly was acquitted. We expect cross-examination to start tomorrow morning. Defense attorneys will question Freeman in the testimony we heard today. And it could get heated. In their opening statements, they called him a con man and an extortionist. I can't believe what I hear. You valued a young, you valued money over a young girl's trauma. 
black people still want you'll have some black people that will still side with R. Kelly that will think that it's okay he was framed yeah right yeah that's that's what happened yeah yeah he, he was he was framed so we'll put a gun to R. Kelly's head right and they basically you know made him tell this man that I want you to recover some tapes for me and they put another another gunman put a, a gun to this man's head and said that uh you know you're gonna get this one million dollars no matter what all right so we got some interesting news here okay ever wonder what these uh what Ukraine is doing with all this money all this money that is they're getting from the United States government from the taxpayers you, you want to know what they've done with that money what Ukraine has done okay Ukrainian parliament votes itself a massive pay raise compliments of US taxpayers that's right I'll say it again Ukrainian parliament votes itself a massive pay raise compliments of the US taxpayers your tax paying dollars it's going to Ukraine. It's helping them line their government line their pockets. American taxpayers have been assaulted this week in ways that are hard to compare. First off, our dementia president Joe Biden was trotted out in front of cameras to announce an unconstitutional giveaway of at least three hundred billion in the form of student loan forgiveness. Ah, kind of, you know. Listen, I can't be against that if you're going taking money our tax dollars and you're going to help foreign countries or you're giving it to elite um, migrants here okay migrants are able to get section 8 all types of government benefits government housing yet you got United States citizens struggling in the street homeless sometimes going into prostitution to feed their families so I really can't hear the right try to be sanctimonious and self-righteous here I really can't well, I'm gonna go on According to the plan, Americans earning as much as 125000 will have 10000 knocked off their student loan debt. Like, that's anything. Like I said, I mean, after agreeing to pay it back when they signed on the dotted line to obtain the loans in the first place. Here's the kicker, however. <clears throat> Both House Speaker Nancy Pelosi then and then White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the Biden... Biden doesn't have the constitutional authority to forgive any student debt because of only Congress can authorize that. All right. <clears throat> it, this is nonsense. This is crazy. All right. But that's what Biden wrote on to get into office. Okay. Last year, Jen Psaki said Biden could only cancel student debt if Congress passed the bill. Now what changed? Let's hear what she got to say. Interesting. Nancy Pelosi says Biden does not have the power to cancel student loans. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. 
You sure got the power to go over there and send money overseas to a, a white supremacist country. People think that the president of the United States, is this more on the subject than you ever want to know? Will you let me know? People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. Mm. Hmm. I don't believe them. I really don't. Let's continue. Next, American taxpayers have been getting the short end of the stick for months now as the Biden regime continues to send billions of dollars to protect the borders of Ukraine while ignoring security along the U.S.-Mexican border. And with that money, Ukrainian members of parliament just voted themselves a massive 70% pay increase. Wow. In July, members of the Ukrainian parliament decided to increase their salaries by 70%. It is unclear whether these additional government expenditures will be covered by international financial aid for the military. Only July 21st, members of the Ukrainian parliament decided to increase their salaries by 70% raise. After the bill for this decision had been only submitted on July 18th, the parliamentarians were able to carry out the vote unusually quickly, reported the Overton magazine. According to the magazine, this decision, which was unanimously approved by all remaining parties, would have been possibly so quickly in the absence of lack of opposition. Instead of 28,800 hernes as before, the servants of the people, as Vladimir Zelensky's party is called, now earn 49,600 hernes per month. Since July 15th, the hernes fell from 0.33 euros to 0.026 euros per hernvina. This currently corresponds to around 1,300 euros. According to the Overton magazine, it was officially emphasized that no additional funds from the state budget or funds from international partners are used for this. However, after the decree 7561, additionals to the salary of the deputies are used from the state budget, which includes international financial aid. Meantime, unemployment and homelessness are way up in Ukraine thanks to Russian shelling and destruction of urban and suburban areas, while real wages for workers fell along with tax revenue. Overton Magazine reported that there will be an economic slump where the economy is likely to collapse by half or more and the state would need anywhere from 5 to $9 billion a month in foreign financial assistance to remain viable. So basically... You know, the Ukrainian government is going to be like a parasite to the American people. This comes on the heels of reports earlier this week that Biden just authorized an additional $3 billion in aid to Ukraine. The same week, he burdened tens of millions of Americans who never went to college with covering student loan debt of people they don't know. At the same time, the Ukrainian government, led by President Vladimir Zelensky, once again cracked down on free speech under the guise of identifying and targeting information terrorists, which sounds like shockingly like Democrats in the U.S. who favor entities like the Disinformation Governments Board, floated earlier this summer by the Biden regime's Department of Homeland Security. Americans are not only being fleeced by this current regime, but they are also being mocked and abused. What the heck is going on in D.C.? I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, all I can say is, like I said, um, Biden is just doing his bidding of his overlords. 
that he is supposed to do his work. He's supposed to work on destroying the country. And that's what he's doing. He's doing a fine job. He's there to do what he's supposed to do. Just like Barack Obama. Send all these politicians who voted for Ukraine to aid Ukraine and cancel the U.S. citizenship. <laughs> uh, that'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. But they're not going to do that. They are not going to do that. Okay. That's not what's going to happen. Okay. It should be done that way. I personally think that for a person to want to be president, right? You have to have, you have to know what it's like to go to war and you have to know what it's like to take a life. So that way you think before you want to go to war, you think what it's like to see your fellow uh, servicemen and service women die by your side. So you'll think twice before going to war. Okay. You have to have like gone to the military. You have to have noticed like to be a public servant. Okay. With a good positive track record. Okay. All right. That's how I see it. But you'd have to take the politicians out the way. The, the people who want to, who make uh, presidents their slaves, you know, the donors. Okay. Politicians are really just prostitutes for these donors. That's what they are. Prostitutes in nice business suits. So... <clears throat> There's a lot of things that have to be done in order to have a good president. That's how I say. Uh, president Eisenhower was in the army and warned about the military industrial complex. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we need. We need people like that that understand that, you know, one, war is a good business. It's a bloody business. It's, it's a good business if you're an evil psychopath. All right. That's why I say you have to have somebody who knows what it's like to take a life. You have a conscience. That's what I'm trying to say. You have a conscience. You're not willing to just go to war like the Republicans. All right. The Democrats too. The Republicans are like, yeah, we got to have, we got to be tough on crime. We don't want to help the minorities in the community. We just want to have them in this prison industrial complex. Let's just not help them out. Let's just lock them all up. But meanwhile, the Republicans got, you know, these politicians, I'm going to say Democrat and Republican. You got your own sons and daughters hooked on drugs or even selling drugs. Okay. Joe Biden's uh, son, Hunter, weighing crack. You see, you know, he, he's weighing crack. You got photos of him online weighing crack. You got photos of him online simping to a Russian prostitute. And Russia is supposed to be the enemy of the United States government. Yet your son is smashing Russian 304s. Just saying. <clears throat> All right. Next story. All right. Here we go. See, this is why I'm like, you know, when the Republicans are like, oh my God, student loan forgiveness. Come on, man. That, that's wrong. You, you're not helping them be responsible. Look at this. Look at this. All right, this this is what I'm talking about, man. This is what I'm talking about. Both sides, it's the same hands, same sides producing the same lies, hypocrisy. Okay, White House calls out Republicans criticizing student loan forgiveness by sharing their PP forgiving PPP loans. All right, this you, the White House, isn't the one of the two. They had time today. 
On Twitter, the account called, called out several Republicans, including Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Mike Kelly, and others who criticized student loan forgiveness. However, the Republicans forgot they were forgiven for their Paycheck Protection Program loans. The Biden administration started listing out the amount of loans forgiven. The account shared a video of Republican Green speaking negatively in Newsmax interview on Wednesday, saying the debt cancellation was completely unfair. For our government to just say, just to say, you know, okay, well, your debt is completely forgiven. It's completely unfair, she said. All right. The White House tweeted, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene had 183,504 in PPP loans forgiven. Republican Mike Kelly was also called out after he tweeted, asking plumbers and carpenters to pay off the loans of Wall Street advisors and lawyers is just unfair. It's also bad policy, right? So this is what happened, okay? Congressman Kevin Hearn had over one million in PPP loans forgiven, okay? Come on now, come on. This is just Congressman Mike Kelly had nine hundred and eighty-seven thousand two hundred and thirty-seven in PPP loans forgiven. This is what I'm talking about. The call-out didn't end there. Mike Gates had 482,321 forgiven. Congresswoman Mark Way Mullen had over 1.4 million forgiven. And Congresswoman Kev Congressman Kevin Hearn had over 1 million in PP loans forgiven. As we previously reported, estimates show that the President Joe Biden announced a federal student loan cancellation on Wednesday that will waive 10,000 for students that make 125,000 or less per year. A plan that could cost the government 300 billion. Okay? And what are you guys spending on war? What are you guys spending on other things that have nothing to do with benefiting the, the people, the taxpayers, have nothing to do with solving the problems of illegal immigration, okay? Homelessness. During a recent press conference, President Joe Biden was got snappy with a reporter who pressed the buttons. Okay, let's see what he got to say. Got a point? That's what I'm saying. You got a point. Let's hear it again. Let's hear it again. Is it, is it unfair to people who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who, in fact, uh, do not own multi-billion dollar businesses if she wants these guys to get more? Is that fair? Is that fair? Got a point. I don't trust him still. I don't trust him. You know, really don't. Okay. They just need to end. Hold on one second. They just need to end these loans. 
Most of these kids do not belong in college and get degrees that don't help them get work and pay off the loan. That's true. That's true. A lot of these people, a lot of these kids are not taught, you know, what, all right, what are you going to school for? If you're going to school for liberal arts, okay, you don't need to go to college. If you're going to school for uh, basket weaving or any type of degree that doesn't make any money once you once you get out, you don't need to go to college. Go to trade school. All right. School should be fined if large numbers of their students don't finish college or can't pay their loans. Well, yeah, because you have people offering these courses and these degrees that when these kids come out of college, you know, they can't make any money because they were lied to that this is such a good degree. This is such. No, it's not. If it can't translate to make money after they finish school. That's the thing. That's the issue here. All right. But a lot of people don't get that. There's a great YouTuber to talk about these things. His name is Aaron Clary. If you ever check him out, he is very good. He's very experienced, very, very well versed. Okay, he used to be an economist, and um, he'll tell you his own experience. I mean, about what he's been through and what he could tell you about college and the racket that they have there. All right, so Biden clapped back after a reporter asked him about the fairness of student loan forgiveness. Roommates, what do you think about the White House shenanigans? <laughs> and that's basically what it was, man. Okay. I mean, people should just wake up, okay? Because it, it's just, both sides are just trash. All right, and $10,000... When people are owe people owe eighty grand in student loan debt, ninety grand in student loan debt. Okay? Ten thousand dollars is a drop in the bucket. It's pennies. Okay? That's what it is. It's just utter pennies. It's it's not much. It's not it's not anything. It's nothing. To be honest with you, it's really nothing. What are you gonna do with ten thousand dollars? You can't, you know, apartments. You can't even buy an apartment for $10,000 in certain parts of New York City nowadays. All right. It's just not working anymore. All right. Things are tough. Right? It is not a game anymore. It really isn't. Life is getting really tough, and this recession is hurting a lot of people. A lot. And $10,000 is not cutting it. It just isn't. It is not cutting it. It is not helping. All right. It really isn't at all. All right. Now to get into something else. All right. How many of you? Oh, I, I mean, 
I don't know if you guys were in New York City and there was blackouts, okay? But now, I mean, if you dealt with a blackout, it's pretty scary. It's not something to, uh, it's not something to play with. But now you got a certain part of, of a nation that is dealing with blackouts. Let's check out what they're going through. Our next story is from Europe. Its energy crisis is getting worse by the day. Electricity bills are soaring, gas reserves are depleting, and winter is coming. As the mercury dips, gas and oil consumption is going to pick up. But Europe does not have enough supplies. Russia is withholding them to gain an edge. So what is Europe doing to stave off the crisis? It is slashing energy consumption. Germany has switched off streetlights. France has banned illuminated billboards. Italy has extended the life of coal power plants. Spain has limited air conditioning at airports. Here's a report. These images are from Berlin, the capital of Germany. Once illuminated with spotlights, today it's a desolate spectacle. The lights have been dimmed. The monuments have gone dark. This is Berlin trying to stave off the energy crisis, escape the troubling reality of depleting reserves. Before the war was started, 55% of Germany's energy supplies came from Russia. As of June 2022, the supplies had been reduced to a meager 26%. As winter approaches and the war intensifies, the supplies are expected to fall further. And Germany is yet to find a concrete alternative. So, to survive the dip in mercury and hold on to its gas reserves, Germany is undertaking a raft of measures. They include a ban on heating private swimming pools, a ban on heating at some public buildings, lowering the minimum office temperature to 19 degrees Celsius, and switching off most streetlights. That is cold, 19 degrees Celsius, that is very cold. And the fact when there's no lights, you know, you could easily commit crimes. Place is slowly gonna be in anarchy. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Same story in France. Declining gas supplies from Russia have led to a colossal spike in energy bills. The French government has unveiled a series of initiatives to tackle this. By October this year, French supermarkets will switch off illuminated billboards. Retail spaces will reduce lighting by 30%, and shops will lower temperatures to 17 degrees Celsius. In Italy, where elections are due in September, the authorities are treading carefully. Their energy savings plan includes steps like extending the life of coal plants, 
temporarily halting work at factories and shortening heating hours at workplaces. In Spain, which is not as dependent on Russian energy supplies, the reserves are being safeguarded in case the war spills over. How are they doing this? By limiting air conditioning at airports and train stations, requiring shop doors to be closed when the AC is on, switching off lights on shop windows at night, and limiting heating at schools and hospitals. These four countries are not alone. They're joined by several others in reducing energy consumption. Like Switzerland, Finland, Sweden, Denmark, the Netherlands, Austria, and Greece. All these countries have either lowered indoor temperatures, mandated the use of public transport, asked offices to lower thermostats, or dimmed lights to avoid blackouts. The measures have so far been uneven, but the urgency is growing as prices rise. By the time the winter arrives, they plan to cut gas consumption by 15%. Report, we on. Hmm. Imagine blackouts this winter in New York City, Philly, DC, Atlanta, Los Angeles going to be like the purge. Yeah. Because when there's blackouts, that's where people are going to commit the most crime. People are gonna steal. People are gonna it will be like the purge. And Gavin Newsom is okay with that. Okay? He's going to come up with something crazy for California. I feel bad for California. We got Eric Adams over here, so I feel bad for NYC. Okay? No likes. Wintertime. There are so many places in New York City, especially the Bronx. Especially the Bronx and Manhattan, Central Park. That's going to be a serial killer's wet dream. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of dead people this winter. And it's it's going to be very, a very humbling winter. People have to stock up on food, especially if you live in affordable housing. Okay, you are going to have to learn to protect yourself. And your families. This is not a game. Alright. Things are going to get real. It's one thing to play a video game. A, a video game beat em up. It's a whole nother thing when you're actually going to be living a real life one. Okay. New York City is going back into the 80s. Alright. Next story. I think it's this story was uh, it was coming, it was coming, and it needed to be done. It definitely needed to be done. The incompetence was just ridiculous.
The no-show police chief for the Uvalde School District was fired tonight for his role in the failed law enforcement response to the school shooting massacre. Hello, everybody. I'm Heather Hayes. I'm Steve Eager. It's 9 o'clock. Before the district's decision, his attorney sent a fiery statement to the media calling the treatment of his client illegal. And while the board met in private, the young victim's family shared emotional stories of their loss. Pete Arredondo, as we mentioned, did not attend. Shouts of coward came from the crowd tonight about hearing. Fox News' Blake Hansen live with the charged emotions at tonight's hearing and the decision. Blake. As Stephen Heather, minutes before the meeting, Arredondo's legal team put out that 17-page statement. It called the hearing a unconstitutional public lynching and demanded his reinstatement. Meanwhile, the friends and family of the victims had a surprise of their own. Reinstatement? What type of entitlement? Is this guy on drugs? He does not deserve reinstatement. If that was your kids being slaughtered and the response time of emergency services took that long and they were there and waited an hour until the shooter was almost done killing those kids, how would you feel? What would you want to be done to that police chief? You wouldn't want him also only to be fired. You'd want him in prison. Okay, that's what you would want. Let me tell you something. If you're in New York City, okay, a certain part of it, okay, that is low income, God help you if you're trying to call for help in low income, and you're calling the cops, okay, three one, it, it, you could risk being killed by the time they get over there and they're asking all these stupid questions okay before you actually get a response emergency response to come help you with your situation that's how bad it is here sometimes I wonder if they got people from Uvalde working in the NYPD police department when it comes to the operator trying to handle your situation quick as possible same it's the same incompetence to the board minutes before Uvalde school board leaders met to decide the future of district police chief Pete Arredondo his attorney released a lengthy statement and explained why Arredondo would not be attending pointing to threats Chief Arredondo does not believe the planned district meeting is safe and is certainly not going to appear without exercising his state rights to be armed. Although armed security was present at the meeting, Arredondo's attorneys also raised concerns about the district violating his procedural rights as an employee. And attorneys claimed Arredondo had asked for better security, equipment, and training more than a year before the May 24 shooting at Robb Elementary killed 19 students and two teachers pointed blame at those responsible for security breakdowns that day. The attorney also criticized DPS Director Steve McCraw. Director McCraw's off-the-cuff comments, pointing the finger at Chief Arredondo after recognizing the faults of his own officers, was a smokescreen attempt to blame the Mexican. Inside the meeting, board members briefly took comments from the public who wanted the debate about Arredondo's future to play out in the open. Our babies are dead, our teachers are dead, our parents are dead. The least y'all can do is show us the respect to do this in the public. So when the board did go behind closed doors, friends and family members of the victims kept on speaking. And I don't know if the 
board members can hear me, but please change something. And I am the grandfather of Layla Salazar, and I will fight for her till the day I die. I'm Xavier's mom. to the day after the shooting. Any further discussion? Hearing none, all in favor? Motion passes unanimously. It's unclear what Arredondo's next steps will be. He has already resigned his seat from the Uvalde City Council, a position he was elected to just a few weeks. Well, um... They, they have a right to do that, okay? They have a right to be angry, and they have a right to um, make the decision to fire the police chief. He was the one in charge. He was the one that should have made sure that, you know, the cops did their job to make sure there was no incompetence, to make sure there was no cowardice. Okay To make sure that The job is done right And if there are any cowards Within the ranks Under his You know with, Within his uh, ranks They have to be removed Okay that, That's just it That's the bottom line But a lot of people Don't see it that way and they feel that they're entitled. Okay. That that is the issue here. All right, they feel that they are entitled to stay there. That they feel they've done nothing wrong. Okay. When they have, they failed the citizens of Uvalde. People, parents tried to rescue, rescue their kids and the police officers there held them down as their children were slaughtered. Okay, let me tell you that again. All right. They tried to do their job themselves, the parents. And the children were slaughtered. It's like they were the parents were punished for using their gut instinct instinct to be parents and to do the job that the police were too cowardly to do. Okay? That's basically what happened. 
I think all that whole police department needs to have an overhaul. That's what needs to happen. Every last one of them clean house. Fire them. Needs to be done. Because this shouldn't have happened. It should not have happened. At all. Now here's something else that's uh, more nonsense coming down the pipe. Okay. University of Pennsylvania eliminates MCAT requirement for non-white medical students. That's what I'm saying. This leftist crap is meant to make to fester racism you're trying to get people in positions where it's important that you know the ins of out, ins and out okay of the human body when it comes to emergency uh, services whether you're being a doctor okay a brain surgeon you need to know the ins and outs and to take away things to make it easier for people of color to come into those uh, professions is only going to cause chaos and breed racism. Because non-whites are apparently not smart enough to face the full rigors of medical school. That's basically what it is. When you lower the bar for people to come in who are of color, what you're saying is blacks, Hispanics, Latinos, you're too dumb to reach the standard. It's basically it. You're too dumb to learn the information of a non-minority to do the job. So we're going to lower the standards. And if you kill somebody, oh well. Because non-whites are apparently not smart enough to face the full rigors of medical school, the University of Pennsylvania has decided to dumb down its admissions requirements, but only for people with dark skin. Minority and underrepresented applicants to Penn's Parliament School of Medicine now receive special criteria for admissions that includes a waiving of the medical college admission test requirement also known as MCAT normally a student must pass the MCAT in order to get admitted to medical school but not at Penn a special program which recently broadened to include more transfer schools was created to cater to non-white students who are not cut out for medical school but who are being admitted anyway in order to create um, equality This is stupid. This is stupid. Instead of having to take and pass the MCAT, non-white applicants to Perlman will instead be allowed to simply complete three semesters of a roster of rigorous science courses, as well as complete an APAP, advanced placement credit in at least one STEM field, or provide evidence of strong ability on time, multi-choice tests in STEM courses. Students must also have a minimum 3.0 cumulative GPA with 3.2 by graduation, according to the website, as the college fix past students are not required to take the MCAT, according to the guidelines. Related in order to graduate from an American medical school, a student must now acknowledge hatred for whites as a prerequisite. 
according to the Perlman School of Medicine admissions website, this special pass program exists solely for students who are underrepresented, which we are told means exclusively non-whites. Past students who meet POSOM's academic and professional requirements are offered linkage admissions to the medical school without an MCAT requirement and upon review and approval by POSM's admissions committee, the site adds. When pressed for answers about how these special exemptions will affect the quality of doctors and surgeons who come out of Penn, school media representative Hannah Messenger simply deferred to the news release without answering the question. What this suggests, of course, is that Penn knows it will now be churning out below quality medical experts who will botch surgeries, give patients the wrong medicine, and ultimately make a mockery of the medical system as if modern healthcare was not already a joke in and of itself. The PASS program was first created back in 2008 and at that time only included a handful of transfer schools. Since that time, the program has continued to expand as Penn turns out increasingly more unqualified medical professionals who skipped the MCAT and coasted right through the program due to their non-white skin color. According to Diana Blum, a neurologist who works in a private practice, the lowering of standards is unacceptable, especially for something like medicine. It requires the utmost care and knowledge to ensure patient safety. The stakes are too high, life and death, and to start lowering standards or taking shortcuts with basic fundamental scientific knowledge necessary for developmental skills thinking critical thinking skills to diagnose and properly treat diseases dr blum is quoted as saying if the school wants to improve diversity in the applicant acceptance candidate pool it would be better to focus on providing resources perhaps free mcat prep classes to lift the caliber of diverse candidates up and get them better prepared for the challenges of medical school including i'm sorry instead of lowering the standards which indirectly insinuates that these students are somehow not as capable basically it okay that is what you're doing okay and the blacks who happily go through this and say all right i get a free ride you know no 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 you don't belong there think of it this way and and, and you'll have some ultra woke blacks that think this is a good thing no it's not because if you have somebody coming from these schools who are underqualified and do not have the medical expertise and they're not trained properly they're going to operate on you or your loved ones one day this is not good i am all for diversity but you cannot sacrifice integrity you cannot sacrifice work ethic and you cannot sacrifice quality work quality individuals that are competent to do the job if I had a choice between choosing a black doctor who skipped the MCAT and really isn't qualified to operate on me, preference to a white doctor who has actually took the MCAT, passed with flying colors, actually is competent, has took the time to do the work, to know what it's like to operate on a person, successfully has no malpractice incidents in his record, I'm taking the white doctor. The content of your character must trump skin color. If you're not qualified, and you know if you're not qualified, you know if you're lazy when it comes to certain subjects, don't take the position.
And I also think that doctors who know, who know that you have people like this that are incompetent. And sad to say, you have doctors that are incompetent and they keep killing people, but they just transfer them to different hospitals. They do this, they're out there. What's happening right here is nothing new. You have doctors crippling and paralyzing people. But nobody speaks out within the medical profession. This right here is just going to make it worse. You're going to have a bunch of minorities, people of color, that don't know what they're doing. And they're doing this on purpose. These people, these, this, these elite, these cabal, these Marxist communist people are setting up these programs to make minorities fail. You got racism on both sides. Malcolm X said it about the liberals though. They are slides of fox. They think they want they make you think that they're on your side, but they really want to make you look stupid in front of everybody else. That's it. I'm not going to let someone be my doctor just to boost their self-esteem. Like I wouldn't hire that cringe fake ebonics therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and you have people saying, "Oh, I want to go for a session for her. Sign me up." Why? Why would you want to be signed so she could embarrass you? So she could talk about you on her social media TikTok accounts? This this is what I'm talking about, man. And the black community, this is why I don't think there's any real hope for the black community. The low-income black community, anyway. There's a lot of um, communities, black communities, that are affluent and rich and well-off. But here's the thing. They separated themselves from the low-income black community because they know the low-income black community is going to drag them down. Why do you think in, the, in certain parts of suburbs throughout the states, the United States, they don't want Section 8 in their suburbs? Why do you think that? Why do you think? Is it because that they're racist? No. It's the fact that they know they're going to bring the property down. And you don't want those quality people, those type of low quality people uh, among their children. Okay? Sad to say. It sucks to say it like that. But it's true. Because you know why? Because those people from Section 8, rarely do they parent their kids. Rarely do they teach their kids morals. Because for them, I'm on the government. I may have a mental illness, so I could do whatever I want. And the government will protect me because I am a ward of the state till the day I die. That's why. All right? That's why they don't care. sad to say but that's that's how it goes down it really does that way people who get mad at me I had someone call me a coon <laughs> oh man <sighs> Call me a coon Everything you put up You're a coon This is why And this is why You know People with that mentality 
They obviously don't come from a good background, a good environment. Why would you want them around you? What for? All right. Because they they think that you could do whatever you want. It's okay. It's perfectly fine. Do what you want. But if someone calls you out on it, you're a hater. And this was a black woman. Okay. You're a hater. You hate black women. Just like you called out the, the, um, the black therapist who was um, trashing her practice. Okay. Who she It's not hers, but she works for them. Calling out their bottom line. What do you think they're going to do to keep money in their pockets? They're going to get rid of that person. Oh, you hate black women. Okay, never mind that. And they're trying to say that, you know, it was black men who got her fired. No, it wasn't. It was a black woman therapist who wrote an article that got her fired. That was the nail in the coffin that got her that pink slip. Okay. But they don't want to talk about that. They want to try and keep it as black men, black men. But it's the low, that was a low-quality person that they had to let go. I'm sure that, you know, some leftist shill, some global, you know, paid elite would probably want her to work for them. Okay. I know they would do that. I know it. I know it would be that way. All right, that's all I got for now. So, uh, see you guys later. Hope you enjoyed the stream. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. Later.